1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on the first weekend of the new league season. Celtic marked Flag Day with a Jota inspired win against Aberdeen. Rangers are up and running with a win at Livingston. Now look to the Champions League qualifiers after a strong defence of John Souter by Connor Goldson. And there were wins for Edinburgh's big two as Stevie Hamill leads managerless Motherwell to an opening day victory. At St Mirren I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Marvin Bartley And Roger Hanna I can struggle to think Of a better opening weekend To the Premiership Goals Drama Red cards One team sacked a manager Before we even get the game kicked off And Celtic and Rangers Start the title race The way they mean to continue Marvin he said it was the best opening <laughs> weekend they can remember I don't know if people associated with Livingston necessarily agree um, But with your ambassador for Scottish football cap on Can you see where he's coming from? No, not at all Because <laughs> we lost, I almost walked out when he said that actually But no, listen, it was a fantastic start As he said, you know uh, Even Livingston has some positives to take for us Out of the Rangers game But, you know, seeing the big two both on an opening weekend I'm sure for the benefit of Scottish football That's what we all want Ah, there we are He says it through gritted teeth Roger (laughs) Hanna It was good to be back though, wasn't it? I mean, it had a bit of everything As you say, red cards given Red cards not given Brilliant goals Lucky goals Big wins Managerless teams in the opening weekend The list really does go on and on Yeah, and loads of talking points as well As I'm sure we'll find out Before 8 o'clock on the phones Uh, Rangers, because of Marvin And his team through there Really had to huff and puff for a long time to get the three points Celtic scored after two and a half minutes And then they too huffed and puffed a little bit And you can tell from Ange Postacoglu's post-match quotes He wasn't happy with a spell in the game Hearts weren't very good for a while, but they won Hibs weren't very good for a long while, but they won as well Motherwell, they haven't been very good for some time as you know Gordon But even they managed to get a win for Stephen Hamill And there was drama down at Rugby Park, Kilmarnock Back in the top flight And they managed to get an injury time equaliser Which probably felt like a winner for Derek McKenna Yeah the storylines are all there Marvin there was a lot to get through for one weekend And it sets us up nicely going forward No it definitely does Um, You know I suppose you want a bit of drama uh, To add to some of the good performances that we did see Um, You know you've asked me a couple of questions here And one's howl of the weekend So I've got an interesting one for you there That could land me in hot water But I'm sure Oh good I'm looking forward to that You guys will pay my fine If I do get one (laughs) Joking. <laughs> Come on Let's see if Hugh Keevens will dig deep for you Since you're an old friend of his <laughs> Anyway 01419511025 It's the first chance of the new season To have your say on the weekend's football How good is that? It's great to be back It's been a long old summer And now we're back to the nitty gritty of domestic football So what did you make of it? Every team was involved So you must have something on your mind You must be pleased with what you saw Maybe a bit underwhelmed You might even be angry with your team Or with referees Or whatever it may be All the usual Monday night emotions This is the place to air them 01419511025 Flag day at Celtic Park Did it live up to it on the pitch Celtic fans What about that goal from Jota Rangers fans You want to abuse Marvin Bartley We're here for you as well Pick up the phone Motherwell fans Does Stevie Hamill have a shout of getting the job He did himself uh, no harm yesterday And that's before we even get to any of the other games And Rangers in the Champions League tomorrow So come on Do not be shy 01419511025 And for the first time this season You two are put on the spot Your result of the weekend please Roger Hanna 
Who's out at the weekend? I'm glad I get nipping in ahead of Marvin here because it's his, uh, his old team Hibs. They were in desperate need of a result. Everything that could have gone wrong for Lee Johnson had gone wrong. Even the lights went out at East Main's training ground and they all had to go up the road on Friday and eve of the game. So for them to go away from home to St Johnson and get the most dramatic of winners deep into injury time, Josh Campbell, the young substitute, come on and scored. That's a big, big result for Hibernia I mean, by that criteria Teams who needed a result You'll obviously be going for Motherwell then No Unfortunately not Going to the other team in Edinburgh Hearts <laughs> Especially after the 45 minutes They had the first 45 minutes I think there's a massive amount of pressure on them To kind of, you know Finish in third place again I think there's an expectance from their supporters They made some extremely good signings During the summer And I think after the first 45 minutes As I said You know, I favoured Ross County at half time So to come through that game and win 2-1 Alan Frost getting a goal on his debut um, I'm going for Hearts result of the weekend You two are stitching me up quite obviously Goal of the weekend Roger Hanna Well I'm going to go Some obvious shouts okay. For Celtic against Aberdeen There are three reasons I'm going to go for it Gordon One was the run When he took the pass And jinked past the Aberdeen defender The second reason was that explosive finish Past Kellerus Into the top corner But the main reason was Just as Jota was pulling the trigger Hugh even said Celtic aren't playing very well They need a wee bit of inspiration <laughs> I'm going for Levitt uh, Dundee United Nice Okay Yeah, yeah like, nice choice Yeah Fletcher played a, a massive part in it You know Hold up play What we're all used to seeing from him Rolls it back And Levitt's hit the roof of the net Absolutely fantastic finish Goal on his debut After signing permanently mm. If anyone gets clever about it so yeah, I'm going to go for Levitt I Good standard, because the two Hearts goals might find themselves yeah. hard done by as well Okay, right, Howler of the weekend This is where it gets fun Because it can be anything It could be a goalie who's let one through his legs A striker who's missed from two yards A referee, they usually get it in the neck Or something entirely different, Roger Hanna Well, I'm going to go for a couple of red card sinners At the weekend There was more than a couple of red cards But there were two costly red cards One down at Rugby Park in the game Marvin was talking about Ian Harks Two really silly bookings United 1-0 up And it cost them Because a Down to 10 men Kilmarnock equalised And Murray Davidson At Perth Experienced player Given the captain's armband And a red card challenge At 0-0 And as we said Hibs go on and win the game 1-0 Right you've teased us What are you going for Howler of the weekend Well we're staying in Perth And I'm going for the referee Ewan Anderson um, I agree The Murray one If you're going to give that As a red card then I know I'm a Hibs man I'm looking through Green tinted glasses Then the Hibs should have Had a red card as well um, I don't understand how one was given as a red and the other wasn't so as much as I respect Ewan and I really like him as a referee in case he got Livingston soon um, <laughs> he is my howler of the weekend so not the extra thick lines at Livingston no <laughs> let's not speak about it. I thought them. they'd given you the job as grounds when they ever heard that something had gone wrong I just assumed uh, you were behind it we'll maybe get to that uh, a bit later on oh, oh maybe oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, think, I think it's a certain thing we're going to add a new category this year I think I'm going to Take it up a notch Looking for your top performer Of the weekend Because we need, we need to give more credit There's a lot of credit to be given In Scottish football So what about goalies And defenders And people who don't get the limelight Or maybe even Someone else Someone from left field A kit man who does something brilliant A tea lady Whatever it may be Your top performer of the weekend is Liam Kelly oh, Finally Some recognition Motherwell captain um, Not just because of the saves Gordon But the context of it On Thursday night Motherwell were embarrassed in Sligo and fingers were pointed at Liam Kelly over the first goal being beaten from that distance by a free kick he stood up on Saturday morning after his manager had left the club and spoke to the Motherwell fans and spoke to the media about the toxicity that had led to Graham Alexander leaving 
24 hours later When people were needing to step up for Motherwell We spoke to the show yesterday Kevin Van Veen stepping up and taking that penalty And scoring the goal But no one stepped up more than Liam Kelly as captain To make those saves To keep a clean sheet Even when Motherwell were down to 10 men and to get a very big win for Stevie Hamlin for the team Yeah, some outrageous saves in there uh, I'm not saying that this has given it away But Marvin's got a Joel Nubley t-shirt on So I don't know if that's <laughs> his uh, top performer of the weekend Yes, he certainly is um, Joel was absolutely fantastic Not only in taking his goal uh, I think it's been 23 appearances for Livingston And that's his first goal So what a great time to get it um, on the TV he must be looking for a move um, but no listen his all round player was absolutely fantastic for us you know took us up the pitch I think he ended up getting three of their players booked I think you know Goldson and Suter will both remember who Joel is next time they play against him um, so no listen if that's how he's going to carry on this season then we've got a top top player on our hands right let's go 0141 what did you make of the weekend's biggest talking points it's now over to you Let's start with Flag Day At Celtic Park Yesterday There was a lot of Pre-match hype And then of course The journey to try And retain the title Kicked off What did Stephen Make of it As a Celtic fan Stephen Hi, how are you doing guys Yeah not Hi, bad Stephen. Were you happy with what you saw Aye I was delighted um, I thought the pace The closing down Just the drive uh, But I thought they were Relentless With a build up play The only thing I would say is They were very very passive to see towards the end, the, end, the end of the game they, they were just lining up they weren't they taking their chances I think if they were more ruthless they could actually have won that maybe maybe four or five Aberdeen had a chance as well uh, and I want to talk about the, the referee incident how that was near penalty I'll never ever know Ah good it's Monday night 10 past 6 for moaning about referees already that's the way it should be sort of uh, Roger Hanna uh, What did you make of it All in all yesterday the, you know, It was flag day it was, a, it was a big day And then a football match Kicks off And that takes over Yeah um, Well Stephen I'll let Marvin Take your second point Because he's in the mood For caning referees <laughs> tonight I can tell He's got a glint in his eye um, The performance You know something that It was not hugely different From some other opening days When Celtic Have walloped teams I remember them taking Seven off St Johnson I think five off Hamilton Ackies In recent opening days At Celtic Park had things fallen a little bit more, it could well have been five. You know, you think of the, the Matt O'Reilly shot that hit Kyogo and spun wide with a couple of, you know, saves as well by, uh, by Kelarus in the Aberdeen goal. Giacomakis came on for Kyogo. He should have scored at least a couple, you know, very unlike him. And I think the Celtic were maybe just a wee bit rusty. You know, the, quite often the first league game for Celtic has come after a couple of European qualifiers and they're, they're maybe a wee bit further on in their preparation. It just looked like a team just finding their feet again. But when things do click, somebody in the next few weeks, if Celtic keep playing like that and things click, somebody will take a beating. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with that. I think Ange said after the match, um, you know, there's parts of the game that he, he wasn't happy with at all. In terms of how a Celtic team performed, but if that's a rusty Celtic, then you know the league's got a lot to worry about because as Roger said there, you know they missed a couple of guilt edge chances that you imagine in two or three weeks' time they'll definitely be taken. Um, I thought Aberdeen actually, you know, did well in the game, um, and that's probably the worrying thing. It was only two 0 and I'm coming here and saying Aberdeen played well. But I think if you're a Celtic fan, you should be extremely excited about the season that's coming. Um, you know, maybe one or two more players to come in for the end of the transfer window also. But you know, Celtic look extremely strong. Um, what in particular impressed you Stephen I doubt we'll get very far without looking at the Jota goal Roger Hanna gave it his goal of the weekend You must have been impressed with that surely well, I was on last week I don't know if you remember and I tipped uh, Jota for the, the player of the year It was an absolute belter goal um, 
he's just see to be fair, he was one of the ones that I was critical about, to be fair, about the tippy tapping about the bolts and not putting the ball in the net. You know, if they were more ruthless they would have won quite heavily in that game. Um I want to talk about the the Hatate um he chipped out of the defender's leg, right? And the the player went right through him. How how is that not a penalty kick? I will never ever know, honestly. Well, Johanna, we watched it a few times we, in here. We did. You know something, Stephen? It was a really strange incident because he actually got to the ball first, Hatati, and it wasn't really a shot. He sort of lifted the ball into the air, and then he seemed to jump as if he was trying to avoid the challenge from the Aberdeen defender, and he kind of sort of came down on the Aberdeen defender. It was a really, really strange passage of play, and we just watched the game of Gordon and Gordon Dale and Hugh Keevens in here, and was sort of undecided whether... The contact had been initiated by Hitati Or the contact had been initiated by the Aberdeen player It was a really odd incident mm. Was there contact Stephen? Was there, was there contact that sent Hitati over? There was and that's not me You know me, I'm very honest when I'm on here Oh um, everybody is Yes, yes When a player dinks the ball over They automatically try to look for contact But it's up to the defender not to give the contact And he 100% clatters into him Hmm, this is interesting um, I think in the studio yesterday You lot didn't necessarily think it was No Roger Hanna uh, Marvin Bartley You're shaking your head no. You're about to disappoint Stephen here Yeah, massively disappoint you Stephen Because normally I'm at the front You know, when it comes to criticising referees But on this occasion That is not a penalty kick for me um, I know you're saying you're normally honest Maybe go back and have another look at it I actually watched a game live uh, yesterday And for me, no It was never ever a penalty And I think, you know The lack of appeals from other players kind of lets you know that. So elaborate for us, what's your sort of analysis of, of what took place and why it wasn't? Um, I just think he initiated a contact, if there was any contact at all. Um, you know, it's when Stuart obviously runs into McCorry and they, they both fall towards him. I mean, that's it's just not a penalty kick. You know, I don't think any time during that incident I thought it was a penalty kick and I think the referees 100% made the correct decision there. Stephen, if you want to see a really bad penalty decision, go onto social media and check out Hull versus Bristol City Saw it on the television at the weekend Hull get a free kick And I think the referee Sorry, Hull get a penalty kick I think the referee was the only man in the stadium Who thought there was any contact It is the worst And I'll say this in the first day of the season, Gordon It's a yep. worst penalty decision there will be this season You go, should go and have a know look. There are only two teams Gordon involved in big decisions When it comes <laughs> to these types of discussion Stephen, is Marvin not honest? Is he not an honest man? Well, well, Marvin's Mar- Mar- no in my bad books for his team been up 1-0 and no, no able to hold it <laughs> within 20 minutes and then he's gone and doing this I'm having to look at my eyes test but just call me while we call him, right? He's like <laughs> Short and sweet Nothing will sum up Monday night Like, that's the first call of the new season essentially, you know after the games have been played and the tone was sort of Yeah, yeah, Jota Yeah, yeah, very good Yeah, great goal But I really want to talk about the referees And the penalty we didn't get in the game That we won 2-0 And had lots to like about it Which Marvin doesn't even think was a penalty Anyway um, It's great to be back Roger well, Hanna, listen, I must it say It is great to be back And this is a season where we're going to have VAR introduced to oh, Scottish good. football yeah, that'll be good Can you imagine If VAR had been in play For the first day of the season Marvin's already oh, don't, touched we'll get on to him later the on, two don't red you worry. cards, or the, the red card and the one that wasn't at Perth. Of course, there was a red card at Kilmarnock. There was a red card at the Motherwell game in Paisley yesterday. There might well have been a red card at Livingston on Saturday, and Marvin's boss decided to take the left back out the firing line before <laughs> there was a red card. There's Stephen in the phone complaining about refereeing decisions 
in the Celtic Aberdeen game yesterday. So, and I watched Hearts Ross County highlights. Jorge Grant could well have had a red card in that game. So I reckon VAR could have been involved mm. in five of the six games. The only one it couldn't have been involved in was Livy Rangers. A, because it would have been a second booking and B, because the lines were too thick for VAR to pick <laughs> it up. That was coming. <laughs> uh, Ange Postacoglu, to an extent, agrees with Stephen on the line. Thinks Celtic were good and was pleased but thought they were wasteful at times. Praising Jota. It, well, in one sense, he calls him one of the main culprits. Um, for, for being wasteful But then he steps up And does that And I think he got Man of the match In the end On the back of it No exactly And that's why We love the game of football Isn't it Because as a manager You could be sitting On the side thinking I can't wait to get That player in the dressing room In a minute And then all of a sudden A few seconds of absolute magic And you know One of very few players In this league That could produce What he did um, He really did have The X factor for Celtic When they needed it I felt Aberdeen Were coming back Into the game um, And that goal for me Was absolutely breathtaking But all in all I think Ange will be happy You know he's a he loves perfection, doesn't he? He really, really does. But I think all in all, you know, at home, he will be happy with the performance. It strikes you, Roger, as exactly the type of moment that Jota, Ange Postacoglu and the Celtic fans had in mind when they all wanted to reunite in the summer, given what happened at the end of last yeah, season. Even um, even nowadays, six and a half million pounds, an awful lot of money in Scottish football, Gordon. There's not too many people over the years. A few have gone out of Scotland for six and a half million pounds and more. Very few have come into Scotland for a sum like that. It is big money. And then, with a flash of his right boot yesterday afternoon, £6.5 million suddenly looked like a real bargain for Celtic. Uh, I suppose the way that it starts for Aberdeen is less than ideal. Marvin, I know you in particular feel strongly about setting up defenders and all the rest of it. You go there and you can see the set piece in the first few minutes. Jim Goodwin was tearing his hair out. Most definitely, you know, because when you do go and play against Celtic, one thing you say to your team is, listen, if Jota scores the goal that he does, you hold your hands up and say, listen, that's the difference between us and them. When it comes to defending a set piece, you know, getting in the right position, staying with your man and heading the ball away, that's the basics of football. And I think that's why Jim would be so upset. Not only was it early in the game, it was a set piece and you really could not afford to concede those sorts do of goals. Do you, pardon my ignorance on this, do you, when you set up to defend a corner, have a man in the back post? No, why? we don't. Um just a preference of the goalkeepers normally. Um, but I think now with a lot of teams taking two players out, what used to happen was the person from the front post went out for the short corner to affect that. And a person from the back post came to the front post. So it almost became pointless having, having the player there. I know we saw it yesterday with the yeah. goal that Welsh scored and you think, why wouldn't you have someone well, just on the post? Well, yesterday, Gordon Dale mm. said that. It's quite often they just leave it up to the goalkeeper's preference, what he feels comfortable with. But, Clearly, yeah. Kiel felt comfortable with that setup, But ultimately... Had there been yeah. a guy there, he would have cleared Yeah, it's the ultimate hindsight, isn't it? Because yeah. any time that happens, it's the first question, why was there not? But more and more teams don't do it. So yeah. is, is that why? Yeah, I think more teams don't do it than do do it. I think, as I said, you know, I think the game's evolving, so people have two players out for a short corner, sometimes even three. You know, they have someone on the corner of the 18-yard box as well, so you can't afford to have someone on the back post or they play it short and they end up running into your box. So, you know, you kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, but yeah, it is a keeper's preference, so... No, if I was an Aberdeen player, and goalies are daft, as yeah, everybody knows. Exactly. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, 01419511025. Anything more to add on Celtic Aberdeen yesterday? Now is the time to do it. And what about you, Rangers fans? You got up and running against Marvin Bartley's Livingston. I'm sure there are a few talking points we can direct his way. And of course, you're in Champions League qualification action tomorrow as well. Let's do it right now. 01419511025, and we'll get you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Roger Hanna are here. We're looking back on the first league weekend of the new season 
in the company of you So pick up the phone and let us know what you made of it Whether you were happy or not Or somewhere in between with what you witnessed Now is the time to share it Giovanni Van Bronckhurst admits They didn't start well on Saturday But is happy with how they bounced back And he thinks the subs made a huge Impact. Of course, really happy with uh, with the points. I think the start of the game wasn't uh, wasn't good from our side. Um, you know, we didn't look sharp with the goal against us, so that um, you know took us out of the game. Uh, I think we didn't play our normal game the first half, especially when we had the ball, not taking the right position, not taking the right zones in the right moments. And um, second half, we did much better and uh, created a lot of chances to score. Uh, in the end, happy with the, with the two goals we scored because it means we have uh, three final points. Uh, you know, first game of the season. We changed a little bit. You know, personnel in the second half with with, with three players behind Antonio for getting more bodies in the box. And uh, you know, I think the the subs today, uh, you know, give the, the right energy at the, at the right moments, which is uh, which helped us uh, in the second half in creating a lot of chances. Overall, Marvin, you'll know more than us. How did you feel about the game? Before we get into the big talking points, just generally, um, no. F- from our point of view, first half we were extremely happy. Um, but you know, Gio and his coaching staff, and also the players, you have to give them massive credit because in the second half they made a, a switch not only in personnel but with Lawrence going out to wide right instead of Scott Wright, he's playing a lot narrower. So it allowed Tavener to go around the outside of him and be a lot higher. So they were just spreading from left to right. They really stretched us and. You know, in football, you always learn. You know, you always have to learn. It's very difficult for us to get the information onto the far side of the pitch. But, you know, I think that tinker that he made there uh, was a difference between them breaking us down and not breaking us down. Let's bring in William, who's a Rangers fan. What did you take away from it at the weekend, William? Hello, Gordon, Roger and Marvin. Hey, William. Yeah, yeah, what I take from the first half is is an odd event for me. I thought Rangers were not very good. They they bossed the game, but without even... I don't even think we put the, the keeper under pressure. The second half we were much better. The American boys, Marvin Conceived was very good. He came on. People are moaning about our fielder. They shouldn't have moaned. He scored a goal. Uh, I think, I know, I know my, I'm, I'm going to go over at Martin's pitch here, right? That pitch, it, should, it shouldn't be any place for the Scottish football, right? I, I'm amazed we get 83% possessions on it, you know what I mean? But yeah, Did you want more than I, that, William? Was that not enough for you? No, I think uh, as Marvin can see, we know we better play on grass and then get more possession of the ball. <laughs> yeah. The bingo card is out. <laughs> Week one of the season, we've moved on to a plastic pitch debate already. Magnificent. But I have an argument with this because you saw the pitch that Partick Thistle had last season. So what oh, would horrific. what would fans rather you know play on the Astro pitch that that we played on at the weekend or we do play on or play on Partick Thistle's pitch? Can you imagine the cost? Livingston if they had to keep painting those big thick lines in a grass <laughs> pitch they'd spend more in white paint than they would in Marvin's wages a big, like a big roller yeah yeah anything come of why the lines were too thick or what was the official explanation because I had I had a real fear at one point that Scottish football was about to properly outdo itself and that the first game of the season was going to be cancelled before it even started because the lines were too thick. What, you, what was the verdict? I don't actually know what the verdict was. I remember we were just doing a warm-up or about to start the warm-up and I saw the sky cameras go to the, to the top end where the Rangers goalkeepers were warming up with the referee and I think the delegate for the game. And I didn't actually know what happened until after in terms of the lines. So yeah, I'm not actually sure what the verdict was but I'm sure somebody would be getting sacked. 
<laughs> Said a Livingston spokesman uh, Sorry if you're listening Whoever whose job uh, that is I'm sure Marvin makes plenty of mistakes as well Don't worry about that um, oh, Look William We do end up going round in circles all day On this plastic pitch stuff And that's not to say We won't have a lot of good fun Debating these things over the course of the season There's not much we can do about it tonight Let, Let's try our best to stick to the weekend um, What about the positive things That, that changed the game for Rangers I think you mentioned Tillman What about the fact That it was the old guard That came up with the goals If you like Tavernier and Scott Arfield Yeah absolutely Gordon uh, Arfield come on like, the, the good thing for Rangers Is I think Roger conceded in Marvin Look at the players That were missing for Rangers yesterday Morelos The boy Yelmaz Davis Montondo Roof Hadji They brought to come back That's a, a Kind of frightening prospect For everybody else You know what I mean But yeah It was it was, it was encouraging The second half But then you go You go at I'm one of the ones, Gordon Wright, I want the VAR, and there's three, three instances in Saturday night, and apparently for Kent in the first half, we would have got the VAR. I'm not sure about the red cards, but if there's a dangerous tackle, you can get you can get people sent off because of bad challenges. And that one, because one, I don't know how many times Rangers last season had decisions that could have went from that VAR. The quicker it comes in, the better. Uh, okay. Pick your way through those I mean If we're talking about The Kankar one Then he wouldn't have got A second yellow Because that's yeah. not the way VR works And I know we like to get Carried away But it certainly wasn't A straight red That yeah. tackle So let, let's not get Wild yeah. uh, Too early in the season What about these other shouts The disallowed goal I think it's very very difficult um, To have a definite answer As to whether He was onside or offside I see all the linesmen Gave the offside Because You know He was obviously On the far side of the incident He couldn't see where Jack Fitzwater Was actually positioned so that one for me is kind of a, a flip of a coin. We actually will never know, you know. I mean, people pretend they're utterly convinced, having seen that one still image. But if we're being truly honest, are they as yeah, convinced? We've been truly honest with ourselves. That's hard to tell based on what we saw, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, William might be right. VR might that might have shown that that was onside. It might have gave us a second goal though, you know, because the the Goldson Sean Kelly incident. Um, I don't think there's a lot of contact, and Oberlie ends up heading the ball off yeah. the crossbar, hits him. Talk to us about that one because it didn't seem to get the same. Sort of scrutiny at the time. We we're always in a bit of a strange position here when we watch games at the weekend. We don't have the, the sound on, so you yeah. don't you don't kind of get this the, the the reaction if you like. And Roger and I we tried to look at it on mobile phone footage and, and stuff. After, do, do you feel Livingston should have had a second goal? Yeah, I think so. Um, actually, spoke to Sean and he said it, there was no not enough contact. To, to, there was no push. You know, if anything, it was just a hand on the back. And listen, Goldson's an experienced player. I've done it many times in my career. You feel something, especially in that sort of area. You know, you throw yourself forward and if the referee gives it, the referee gives it, which he did. Um, so it's good experienced play. But I do think with VAR, obviously, you know, I imagine the referee would let the game play on. It would have come to a stop when it was in the back of the net and then he might have thought there might have been a foul there. But I don't think there was enough mm. for that to happen. So that would have made it 2-2, William. Oh, that's good. So everybody's hard done by. <laughs> uh, Roger, what you would say about that one that Marvin feels hard done by? I mean, the whistle did go early, yeah. whether rightly or wrongly. And well, Marvin's, I can feel his eyes burning in the side <laughs> of my head. He says wrongly. Um, the whistle went early and, uh, yeah, the referee obviously... Was fairly convinced one way or the other Yeah he was And, and listen David Martindale Didn't make a big issue of it After the game in the coach He, he was busy getting A very early transfer bid in For Scott Arfield After the after the game um, He's saying You know Remember David He only signed a one year deal So it, it could happen next summer You never know Get him in there Because he does always seem to score when he, when he goes to your place Doesn't he Marvin But can he paint white lines Well listen You never know <laughs> Part of the deal Get me 10 goals a season And paint the pitch 
01419511025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Everyone's hard done by. Referees are out to get everyone, and it's only 25 to 7 on the first Monday of this season. I'm absolutely delighted about it. Uh, right, William wasn't happy about the, and many other Rangers fans who've been tweeting in as well, about the. The substitution that Livy made in the first half Not unhappy with his substitution But they mm-hmm. believe uh, that Kankar should have been sent off before then People seeing the, the substitution as a an admission That he, he could have walked, that sort of thing what, What's your take on it from the Livy dugout? No, I completely understand what they're saying um, You know, Phil made a, a tackle whilst on a booking That quite easily if the referee would have given him a second one We'd have had no complaints But as soon as the referee gave him a final warning you know, obviously from the side, we, ha- we have to get the player off the pitch. Um, you know, it's too difficult a game to have your left back on a booking. I think it was 10 to 15 minutes left to go in that half. Um, he's already playing out of position. He's playing against a very, very good team. And they're overloading us down that side. So, yeah, the decision was to take Phil off the pitch. And, you know, I'm sure any other team in that position would have done the same thing. But as I said, if he'd been given a second booking, we'd have had no complaints. Listen, you can't say fairer than that. Um I think people, you were talking about consistency. Marvin mentioned at the top of the show, Murray Davidson was sent off. The lad Cabrera wasn't sent off. There's an inconsistency there. And I think the Rangers fans who were complaining about the decision on Saturday lunchtime maybe think, you know, you're touching the bookings for the fouls and Joel Nubley. You know, there was a booking for, I think, Glenn Kamara and then one for Connor Goldson, where you could maybe describe it as they were preventing a, an attacking opportunity for Joel Nubley. Philip Gancar was. Preventing an attacking opportunity for Scott Wright and wasn't booked. And I think that's where the Rangers fan, when he wasn't booked, if you take the decision in isolation, there'll be plenty of challenges like that mm-hmm. during the course of the season the players aren't booked for. It's not a dreadful decision mm-hmm. not to book Philip Kankar, but when you put it in the context of a couple of Rangers players had been booked for not dissimilar things just a few minutes earlier, I think that's where some of the Rangers supporters were getting annoyed. He's not even arguing with you. So that yeah, and he argues about everything. <laughs> Martin so knows. I think he's <laughs> <I> knows. <laughs> but he does think Livy should have had another goal. So there we are. It's balancing itself out, as they say. 01419511025. Um, we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Wondering what you think of this, uh, Rangers fans. Very interesting comments. Strong words from Connor Goldson today. Jumping to the defence of John Souter after he faced some criticism at the weekend. He was taken off in the second half, but Goldson says everyone at the club is well aware of his quality. No, he's settling really well, and I've been really, really, really impressed by him. From the first week that he trained after we come back from Portugal, you can see his qualities. And I was disappointed on Saturday. I've seen, obviously, a few things on the internet and on things like that. Um, people, obviously, talking bad just because he's had one game where he probably made a few mistakes, but... We've all been there, I've been there myself. I've been written off plenty of times by Rangers fans and I see him every single day and see the qualities that he has, so I have no doubt at all that he's going to be an unbelievable signing for this club. Listen, he's joined Rangers, which we all know comes with the pressure that he comes with, but people can't judge people off one game. Livingston away is obviously not the easiest place to go on the pitch and the way that they play, but I've been more impressed just seeing him in training than I actually, from what I thought, I've been playing against Hearts. I knew he was a good player, but... Everything he does is so crisp with the ball and he throws himself in front of things. He's a great defender, so no, I'm really happy we've signed him and I look forward to playing with him more. The type of defending of a teammate you want to see in your, your dressing room, Marvin, isn't it? Yeah, and not one that I think Connor needed to come out and, and say. He shouldn't have had to uh, come out and say, should I have said. 
Um, football's a bizarre game, isn't it? You know, as, as a player, you can have two, three years in a row of you've been absolutely fantastic. I know John's had a few injury problems and you play one bad 60 minutes or okay 60 minutes and all of a sudden you're a bad player. Everyone forgets about what he's done previous. John Suter, for me, is a top, top defender. Um, as Connor said there, you know, it's difficult for them to come and play on an Astro pitch. He's playing in a different way. At Hearts, he's probably right side of a back three. You know, against us, he was left side of a, of a back four, um, but left side of centre half. You know, so many things to go. And Joel Newblay also is a good player that he needs to get used to, John. You know, he's gone to a massive, massive team, massive pressure upon himself, you know. And as I said, he's a top defender. One bad game or one bad 60 minutes. It's laughable, you know, that people are out there saying these things. Uh, Jim is a Rangers fan on the line in Rutherglen. What, what did you make of that, Jim? That was strong stuff from Conor Goldson. Very keen to defend uh, John Suter in a, a forthright manner. What did you make of it? What is he going to defend? The guy made two mistakes in the game. All right. One cost is a goal. What do you see him on a Saturday? These guys train them and play them all week. And the guy's going for hearts and the Rangers. If you want to make a big song and dance about it, go to Twitter, go to Facebook. Who's making the song and dance about it? It's no Rangers supporters. Well, uh, to be fair, we always go to this very quickly. It sounded like Conor Goldson was looking at comments from his fans as as well as whoever else it may have been because well, he said I've been written off many yeah, times by yeah, Rangers yeah, fans that, that, that's what Connor said listen Jim I was on this show on Saturday and in the Scottish Sun on Saturday with predictions for the season and I tipped John Suter to be Footballer of the Year and that was based on how he finished last season that performance for Hearts in the Cup Final against Rangers how he performed internationally for Scotland you think of the goal was it Denmark at Hamden he scored the mm-hmm. goal against Gordon and the way he played and the way he played before that last injury the way he played in fact to attract Rangers and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to go and get him and bring him to, to this level um, he's at a very good age I think he's only maybe 25 years of age got a lot of football in front of him and as Hugh Keevans made a very sensible point at the weekend think back 25 years to Henrik Larson's debut gave the ball away to Chick Charnley Chick Charnley stuck it in the Celtic goal and Hibs beat Celtic and Henrik Larson didn't finish up too badly for Celtic Marvin, I suppose there's an, another side of this, maybe a more serious side that we overlook. And, and under, it's understandable. Look, fans are just going to be emotional and, and be knee jerk and just react to what they're seeing, and that's fine. But, but overall, sort of generally speaking, we do very quickly forget you're talking about human beings who may have various things going on. There's different human behaviours as well and, and reacting to different situations and whatever they're dealing with. So um, as long as the criticism is sort of measured um, then I think that's okay um, but, but worth bearing in mind that you're not talking about 22 robots that are on a yeah. football pitch no exactly um, you know couldn't have said it better myself and that's the thing you know sometimes football fans and I'm a fan myself you, you see a player maybe not up to the standards that they have been previously and you know all of a sudden you think oh they're just a bad player you don't think about the bigger picture and you know and I've been out there as a player and I've been going through stuff off the pitch and you know it might have affected my performances on the pitch but no one cares about that you know fans don't care about that and nobody seems to think oh you know maybe there's something else to it you know they're very quick um, I'm not saying it's Rangers fans by the way I'm saying fans in general you know they're quick to go on to whatever Connor's read and criticize a, a young man who's for me more than deserved his move to Rangers Football Club 25 years of age an absolute top top centre half um, who will do the club very well and Scotland as well. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's harsh. And I think, you know, people should maybe think before, you know, they speak at times. Thanks, Gemma. 01419511025. Apologies, we need to move on to the travel, but that means more of your calls next. 
0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna's here, Marvin Bartley's alongside them, the pitches are getting it, the referees are getting it, performances are being criticised, it's like we've never been away. This is what Monday nights are all about, Clyde One Super Scoreboard, where you get the weekend's angst off your chest, so please do, we're here until 8 o'clock and plenty more to get through. A quick check at Twitter during the break, Marvin, last I looked it was 254 uh, messages for you asking if Philip Kankar should have been sent off. Uh, Granty was one of them, and various others. For the avoidance of doubt, I mean, we have spoken about it, but for anyone who's just tuning in, <laughs> if he was sent off, we wouldn't have had an argument. Obviously, the referee chose not to send him off, so we took him off the pitch instead. Okay, Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. It's, Roger, it's much more controversial when that happens in the first half. Yeah. You see it all the time You see all the time You think Oh hold on He's lucky not to go there He's probably in his last morning Right And then he comes off But it's because it's early It's much more dramatic isn't it Yeah it was And because The two Well I'm going to say The two bookings The booking and the non-booking They were very close together Gordon And I think that Sometimes you know Heightens the sense of excitement Not quite as close together As the two that Bobby Madden Handed out to Lee Tomlin oh, in his first game One of my favourite moments Of the weekend 17 seconds between the two bookings and deservedly so And deservedly so You can't you Marvin? Listen, yeah. Even yeah. Marvin couldn't argue With that refereeing decision <laughs> I thought the dive part Was harsher Because he did get He did stand on his foot It was almost just An accumulation of Idiotic behaviour yeah. I quite like Bobby Madden Just get away dude. Yeah I'm done like a little child Wasn't it yeah. I've had enough of you now <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely here for that I must admit And as I said I think over the weekend My favourite part of it Is in Bobby Madden's head He probably thinks ah, Going down to English League 1 Away from that goldfish bowl A quiet life I think that clip's been viewed About four million times <laughs> In his first game uh, He's more famous than he's ever been Anyway Hope he's listening I know he used to So um, I'm sure he still uh, Will be tuning in Let's go to David Who's a Rangers fan In West Lothian uh, David I mean Very quickly Attention turns to Tomorrow as w- Sorry Sorry Sorry, David, a Rangers fan in West Lothian. No, not him. I, I don't know what no, was laughing no, at no, Sorry, no, 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 not him. He'll be on the phone in two minutes, and we'll all be in trouble. Don't you start. <laughs> you ever seen Marvin Bartley get so embarrassed? Like him? He doesn't <laughs> know what to, to say. say. He does not know what to say. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this is another David in West Lothian. Uh, David, very quickly, attention turns to tomorrow as well, doesn't it? Are you getting over the weekend? Are you still thinking about that, or are you already looking ahead? I was there, I was there on Saturday I was actually uh, behind Marvin I sort of sneaked in Olivia And I'm from West Lothian So I was there I watched the, the Rangers play um, He never shuts up does he? He's so noisy and moany <laughs> On the touchline You know what? I think they got spot on With subbing the guy Because I heard the contact It was pretty full on <laughs> um, So I thought they got spot on With subbing him Because he was He would have walked I think um, But yeah no, I thought uh, Saturday was pretty good I thought I think Suter's getting heavily criticised We bit unfairly I thought um, the big fella up front was brilliant in the first half and he, he gave Gilson just as hard a time as well as Suter. I know obviously he scored from Suter's mistake, but um, give him time, let him settle mm-hmm. in. He's a, he's a class act. Was there one that got away from you, Marvin, the, the, the chance that Nubly had where he, he then came back onto his left and 
think the ball got cut back and went over the bar. Was there a golden opportunity for him just to get that shot away on his right foot when he when he runs at Conor Goldson? Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I think you know noobs looking back at that will think he should have definitely got a shot away because anything can happen. I also think you know he managed to drag it back onto his left foot and he opened up maybe you know half a yard a yard to then let it off with his left foot as well and he just never did it. And I think when you're seven or eight yards out, you know you really have to, especially against Rangers and Celtic, you don't want to get many chances. Um, but you know, I thought with the confidence he would have had it from the first goal. We would have done that. Uh, we did that in the second half, but you know, unfortunately, he didn't. Mm, David, uh, I think an earlier caller praised the introduction of Tillman. Thought that that made a, a huge difference. Is that one that caught your eye? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was excellent. Really, really positive. Um, I know he should, have, he should have buried that chance at Fairley. It was a bit of a snapshot. The keeper did a good save, but I think just when he came on, he just looked class. He sort of moved the ball around brilliantly. Kent was good as well. I mean, he was dropping the shoulder. He was he was the only one that was really trying to make an effort to get past the defenders. So obviously Livingston are very compact. They're, they're good at what they do. But I think on the right-hand side, we were struggling a wee bit. I think right did struggle. I think the, the, um, we all came down from the left. And I think we can't miss him tomorrow. Might be a wee bit of an issue as well for us. Yeah, good point, uh, actually. Uh, and we'll get to that. I'm keen to get Marvin's thoughts on Tillman. Did he give you something different to think about when he came on? Yeah, um, you know, he is a, a really, really good player. Um, we were aware of kind of the dangers that he would possess. But I think, you know, when he came on in the second half, he, he definitely made a big, big difference. Uh, he's willing to take the ball, you know, in the tightest of areas. Um, you know, he drops his shoulder very well and, you know, he probably should have scored um, as well on his debut. So, yeah, he, he made it very difficult for us. But as I said earlier, you know, I think the Lawrence moving out to the right-hand mm. side also gave us a huge problem. But you're right, David. Ryan Kent has not travelled... Uh, to Belgium with Rangers neither has John Souter um, that, is that a concern or does the fact that Matondo and Yilmaz are, are getting closer to being available does that you know sort of balance things up for you yeah because they, they've, they've travelled haven't they so they've, they're probably an option as well but I thought um, Sands done really well when he came on for um, Souter as well so I don't think there's much an issue there with Souter not being there but um, I think up front I think um, we just need to use the big fella a bit more. I was really frustrated on Saturday. We've got a big, almost what, six, six and a half foot, whatever it was, and we just didn't really play him much into the game. Um, I think we should utilise him a bit more. So, yeah, I think we need to look at that, I think. Uh, Roger, I mean, this part of the season, if you're involved in Champions League qualifiers, it is incredibly frantic and important. You're just digesting what's going on in Livingston at the weekend but Rangers are already in Belgium for not the type of game that can well it can make or break your season it didn't It didn't last year because Rangers sort of made up for Champions League disappointment by getting to a Europa League final but the Champions League's the holy grail everyone knows that and uh, Rangers need to try and stay in the tie tomorrow I think to be honest with you Gordon, the next step for this Rangers squad is the Champions League you know they did well under Steven Gerrard in the Europa League um, they did better under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst because they got to the final of the competition. So if you get to the final of the Europa League, the next step really is the Champions League groups. Um, the importance of getting to the Champions League groups is heightened because Celtic are already there, having won the league title. So these games are hugely important for Rangers. It's interesting to listen to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst earlier on. He was talking about, you need to remember this is over two legs. Rangers were expert in getting through Two leg ties So wouldn't surprise me You know there's no Kent tomorrow Wouldn't surprise me If Ryan Jack Came in alongside Lundstrom If Glenn Kamara stepped forward one 
and it was Tom Lawrence who just pushed out onto the left to replace Ryan Kent. It's a bit more solidity in there. Um, and I, I, I think Rangers would be happy to come out of Belgium with a draw and they'll fancy finishing, uh, finishing the tie at Ibrox. Um, I mean, generally speaking, Ryan Kent's like one of the go-to men for Rangers. He plays yeah. all the big games, certainly had some big nights in Europe at Marvin, so they'll have to cope without him tomorrow. Yeah, that makes it a lot more difficult for them, no doubt about it. But, you know, all they'll be interested in is getting this tie back to Ibrox anyway. You know, if they go across there and, you know, they pick up a draw or whatever else. I'll be bringing in Scott Arfield, if I'm honest. I think the experience that he has, um, you know, and he's for me, he's a top, top player still. You know, great legs, uh, does an honest job for the team. I think away from home, he's probably the perfect person to come in and probably go into that number 10 position. Um, and like uh, Roger said, move Lawrence out to the left. How do you feel about these qualifiers, David? This time last year, in fact, I think it was... A, it's all, no, it's not quite a year to the day it's, it's very close though The first leg against Malmo um, And then of course going out In the following leg How keen are you to make up for that And, and take that next step as Roger says I definitely think guys yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly there isn't it it's, Even you look at Motherwell We never start well in Europe It's always really really early But we know what's going to happen we, we know the fixers Dates are there before we start So we need to prep for it But um, I think we should As you say do a job over there. If we get a draw and bring them back, we won't beat them in Ibrox. Um, and then it's what, what one of four other teams that's there. It's, it's mouthwatering, isn't it, to get there? But let's hope we can do it because we showed we can do it in Europe. We deserve to be in a big stage. Let's hope we get there. We'll find out tomorrow. Going to be a big night, as the guys have been saying. Some interesting uh, team news for Rangers. Uh, no Ryan Kent, no John Souter. Was there one other who didn't travel, Roger? Remind me. No. Are they the two main ones? Yeah, I'm not sure if Fredo Morelos went. I'm not sure about that. I think someone suggested mm. earlier on. I, I might have got that wrong. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right, to be fair. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst does tomorrow. Even more interesting, though, to see what you're going to do in the next couple of minutes or so. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Now remind me Marvin Bartley you Have you had the pleasure Of Roger Hanna's company before? I have on, I have Two greats together <laughs> Well listen You've been called many things <laughs> Great at Beat the Pundit Is not one of them Roger has quite the reputation He starts on minus one So if you want to come on And just hope that it's tails And you can play Marvin Bartley <laughs> Now is the time to call 0141 951 1025 Lines close at seven Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Marvin Bartley are here 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB and they're waiting for you to get in touch if you're just joining us where on earth have you been? We've been looking of course at Marvin's game against Rangers at the weekend lots of people wanting to ask Marvin's thoughts on sendings off and penalties and plastic pitches and line thickness and so on and so forth it's very uh, interesting having Marvin with us Celtic fans what have you made of the performance at the weekend flag day then a 2-0 a wonderful goal from Jota anything you want to add now is the time to do it and of course we've got a managerless Motherwell team who got up and running uh, with three points in Paisley yesterday so we'll look back on that as well any Motherwell fans want to throw some names into the hat this is the place to do it 0141 951 1025 and we'll get to you after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football 
Right, beat the pundit time A new week, a clean slate Here's whatever cliche uh, you want How was it last week again? I think a 4-1 victory for the pundits Simon Donnelly was the only man to lose for the pundits Yeah, and I was here You were there, you witnessed it <laughs> Even Hugh Keevens won a 5-4, a 9-goal thriller on Friday So let's see how it goes tonight Darren's in Postle, how's it going Darren? Hi mate, how's it going, you okay? Yeah, good thanks Have you ever played before? No, never mm, Interested. Uh, so obviously you'd rather play Marvin Bartley Yeah, it goes without saying I'll take, I'll take it to them <laughs> Oh, I love the confidence yeah. At the same time, by the sound of it Good, I like that We'll get producer Chris to toss the coin I've relinquished my responsibilities this season uh, Heads, it will be Roger Hanna And tails, it will be Marvin Bartley and it's heads it's Roger Hanna <laughs> I love this game show up against Ooh. Darren and Postle he does start on minus one though uh, Darren I know you've never played before so just to provide some context it's because he is sad doesn't have many friends and spends too much time watching football and knows everything there is to know so he starts on minus one no offence by the way no, no, none taken I could rest fine uh, we'll give Roger some Clyde 2 to listen to so that he can hear what's going on 30 seconds on the clock Darren, answer as many as you can And if you don't know, pass and move on to the next one, alright? Yep Right, let's go The clock is here and your time starts now Which country is former Celtic player Stelian Petrov from? Uh, Bulgaria Name any Rangers player who made their league debut on Saturday Tom Warren Who's the current caretaker manager at Motherwell? Um, Brian Kerrin Pamo Name either Scottish Championship side who won at the weekend which former Celtic manager is now in charge of Standard Liège? Ronnie Dyer. Which championship club does Dougie Imrie currently manage? Morton. Who managed Hibs during their 2016 Scottish Cup final win? Neil Lennon. Easiest questions ever. By, by the way, I have to agree. Bartley would have got at least a four there. Terrific. I think. Clyde 2, terrific. Grandmaster Flash White lines You happy with that? Oh, stop it How thick were they? <laughs> anyway right um, Same set of questions Roger You do start on minus one As I'm sure you know okay. You've been moaning about it all summer uh, Same set of questions Are you ready? Yeah Let's go 30 seconds starts Now Which country is former Celtic player Stylian Petrov from? Bulgaria Name any Rangers player Who made their league debut on Saturday John Suter Who's the current caretaker manager at Motherwell? Stevie Hamill Name either Scottish Championship side Who won at the weekend? Cove which former Celtic manager is now in charge of Belgian club Standard Liège? Ronnie Dyler. Which championship club does Dougie Imrie currently manage? Morton. Who managed Hibs? Marvin, during their 2016 Scottish Cup final win. Alan Stubbs. Name any of the three sides in Rangers 2010-2011 Champions League group. Quick. Bursa Sport. Okay, okay. What's the verdict, Darren? Could be just do as many one, but I don't know. Could be a draw, you know. Darren, you both sounded confident. I had a feeling it was going to be who got through the most questions, but Roger does start at minus one. Uh, so without further ado, you both knew Petrov is Bulgarian. You both knew that Suter, Lawrence, Cholak, and Tillman made their debuts on Saturday. You both knew that Stevie Hamill was the caretaker I feel like giving Darren an extra point who threw Brian Kerr and Stevie Hamill wow um, but Stephen Hamill was all we were looking for so Darren's still in front because Roger starts on minus one Partick Thistle and Cove went for either one there so as you were Ronnie Dyla at Standard Liège Dougie Emery is at Morton so you've both got them all right you've both got six out of six which is an outstanding start and Roger is on minus one who managed Hibs during their 2016 Scottish Cup final win? Go on, Marvin. 
Alan Stubbs. It was Alan Stubbs, Darren. Who'd he say? Neil Lennon. He's gone for Neil Lennon. It's close, but it's not good enough, which means Roger is level. And it all comes down to the last question. Darren didn't get this far. Name either, any of the three sides in Rangers 2010-11 Champions League group. And you know what I hate about Roger Hanna? He could have gone Man United, the obvious one. Or he could have gone Valencia, the next most obvious one. But he tried to be smart and throw in Bursa Spore and he got it. And he's won in the last minute, Darren, in Postle. My heart is broken for you, Hardlines. Uh, well, I know what man. Well Cheers. done, Darren. Darren, you can come he back any time because that was a seven-six. I don't think we've had many of them, if any. So please try again, will you? Nah, I'll phone them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, if DL's in the house, you'll be absolutely fine with that. Believe me. We look forward to speaking to you. That's Who's why he's. That? That's why he's. <laughs> Stop it. Stop Doesn't matter. It. He's still lost. There's no point buttering it up. Roger, well done. That's why he's the Thanks, master. Man. Yeah. I do think they were very easy tonight. Yeah, I think I would have got six. Seriously? Remember, yeah. Darren should phone back tomorrow night. Lord DL and Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, did you? You'll have missed this at the weekend, did you? <laughs> no, that he went to the concert. Yeah, yeah missed That's the Mark show. Wilson yeah. missed our big opening weekend. We were on for ten and a quarter hours over the weekend, and Mark Wilson missed it all because he was at Lady Gaga in London, of all things. So please feel free uh, to call up and politely abuse him tomorrow. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Good win, Roger Hanna. On Beat the Pundit That is back at the same time Tomorrow Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu We had a false start On this earlier on Here's what he made Of the performance yesterday Started the game really well I thought the first half hour We were really good um, Sort of strong control Of the game uh, Creating opportunities um, Last 15 minutes First half I thought we We uh, Got a bit slack with our passing, weren't as aggressive with our press on the ball and allowed the game to be a little bit more open than it should have been. So that was disappointing, but solid performance, just wasteful in front of goal. It was just disappointing with, we could have been a lot more clinical, uh, you know, with the chances we had and put the game uh, well to bed. Look, we got goal scorers in the team, we got you know, goal scorers all over the park, um, so I'm not worried about that aspect of it. But like I said, we, we just need to be focused in all aspects of our game and not just, you know, sometimes you can fall into the trap that you know we're going to create a lot of opportunities. And because of that, you, maybe you're not as focused as you should be with, with some of them. So, you know, my view is that, you know, we're creating opportunities, let's try and take as many as we can. Uh, so that was the assessment of the Celtic manager Let's get an assessment from Frank Who is a Celtic fan What stood out for you yesterday Frank? Evening gents And uh, good to have you back And she's going to be back um, I think Ange summed up perfectly well um, I thought the, the first 30 minutes Celtic were in fire um, I think Roger said earlier on And another day they could have been Probably three or four up If they took the chances And been a bit more ruthless And then I actually think Jim Goodwin's improved Aberdeen. He's been through a major transformation. I think 11 signings. Um, and I felt they, they were a pretty solid unit at times and a couple of good players, it, it looks like they've signed and came in the last 15 minutes of the first half when Celtic did lose a bit of sharpness. Clearly the dressing room talk at half-time done, done the trick. And um, they, they, they really upped their game. But I was saying to Ross, the, the producer there, that Jota's always going to take the plaudits for scoring a, a world day. If that scored in English Premier League or Spain or somewhere, that that's getting shown all around Europe numerous times. The guys, the guys are real talent, and uh, 
quite a good player, isn't he, for a donkey that somebody called out in your show last week. Uh, um, That's right. I've forgotten about that. I think that was the first call of the new season. Roger, Jota yeah, was a donkey. Yeah. So well, it was Cameron well, Carter, Vickers. Yeah, I was getting it. I was saying the title race would be very, very tight. And That's right, yes, John, you were. John was saying I was completely wrong because Jota and Carter Vickers were donkeys and Rangers would run away with <laughs> It wasn't a bad finish, Marvin. And that That's a point that gets raised quite often but I like it because it's always it is important it's always accurate if that goal had been scored, el- scored elsewhere we'd be hearing a lot about it so why should Scottish football as a whole I get the whole rivalry thing and all the rest of it but we should be proud of that that you know that these things happen in our league most definitely I wish I had the answer to that question because I said exactly the same thing as Frank yesterday you know about the goal that was scored um, and I totally agree you know I don't know why it probably won't be uh, shown all around the world like it should be um, you know I think it's very easy for people to put our game down sometimes I see pundits who are working on Scottish football put our game down and I don't think that helps at all um, you know regardless of who you support you can say that it's a, it's a fantastic goal which it actually is um, and in order for our game to grow we have to be appreciative of what every team does you know I'm not so- talking about going away from rivalries because we all want them they're healthy but I do think you know we need to talk about our game a lot more because we all want more money into our game but we don't want to publicise it in the way it should be publicised mm. so listen I agree with Frank I mean Frank that was the eye-catching moment I wonder if there were some sort of under the radar Moments are under the radar performances because it's not always about the fancy exotic names. You know, Celtic have some performers who quietly go about their business, and I know that they were catching some people's attention yesterday. Yeah, well, that, that was the main point I phoned up with. I couldn't miss that. I get the, the ridiculous comment last week. Um, my main point was. Greg Taylor doesn't get the plaudits that Greg Taylor deserves, in my opinion. Every single time he plays, he gives 100%. He puts his heart and soul in it. You can see the guy outside the pitch when you're watching in the stands. He is knackered because he just runs up and down that flank. And I thought he was verging on man of the match. If Shorter hadn't scored that goal, I, I think most people would have said he was outstanding. Another player... And a lot of people forget his age. I'm sure Roger, very well educated, Marvin knows it. Oh, Roger probably knows his date of birth, whoever it is you're about <laughs> yeah. to mention, and his yeah. shoe size and everything else. So, who have you got? <laughs> Matt O'Reilly, I honestly cannot believe how good a football player that boy is. He is 21 year old, and I can only see. I mean, you've probably seen that that Newcastle put a 50 million pound bid in for Madison. O'Reilly, to me, and I can remember Madison when he came up and played in Warren by Aberdeen. O'Reilly to me is going to go to the very top of football I think he's an unbelievable football player Roger? Yeah, very talented No, what shoe size is he? (laughs) Well, I'm not too sure what shoe size he is He certainly uses the left one quite effectively When you you look at the delivery from the corner for Stephen Welsh's opener It's interesting, Frank, that you mention James Madison Because the worry at the back of the minds of a lot of Celtic fans is If Newcastle do pay £50 million for James Madison then your old pal Brendan Rodgers might look up the road and try and take Matt O'Reilly to Leicester to replace James Madison because he could go in there. He's been far better in a short space of time than I was expecting him to be when he first arrived from MK and Don't you think he was a good player? But, you know, it sometimes takes a lad of 21 years of age, a little bit of time to settle in. He's just hit the ground running here. Wouldn't surprise me if you saw him in the World Cup finals in the summer. He's so far... 
He's only got to Denmark under 21 level, but he's just playing so well and playing so well at a big level. All I would really need, I think, is for Matt O'Reilly to take that form into six Champions League group games. And it would be very, very hard for the Danes not to take him to Qatar. Sorry, producer Chris has just tried to be helpful and look it up, and he's trying to tell me that Matt O'Reilly's a size five shoe, which cannot what? be true. Right, whatever, whatever weird website you're looking at, keep that to yourself. There is no Jesus. <laughs> come yeah. on. Behave anyway on a more serious note. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Um, you know, he came up from from MK Dons. Liam Manning was speaking so highly of him. Um, I agree with Roger. Nobody expected him to make the impact that he did. Um, you know, at times last season they were trying to play him and Rogic together. You know, that shows how well he was actually doing. And at times he placed Rogic. You know, I don't think that Leicester will be able to prize him away this summer. And the reason being what you just mentioned there, Roger, the Champions League. I think for any football player to have the opportunity to play in the Champions League is a massive, massive one. Um, you know, he's already at a huge club. He's only just came there. I think, you know, he wants to be here and, and, and win league titles, um, win silverware, maybe in two or three years' time. Even you know, if they're trebling your wage? Listen, it's not all about money, Gordon. It's that, but that will come. Mm. He's 21. That will come. If he was 31, I'd be like, you know, 100%, you know, move where you can. He's 21. Phone years Brendan Rodgers right now. Yeah, exactly, if he was an older, but I, I genuinely think Champions League football, the size of the club, you know, and Roger said, if he can get to that World Cup uh, squad, amazing. What about Frank's take on Greg Taylor? I mean, we have been through this many times, and well, Mark Wilson speaks, you know, from a position of knowledge on it, you know, sometimes the, the homegrown boys just get it harder, or, or, you know, don't quite catch the eye as much, or maybe undervalued, is that? Something is there something in that? Yeah, I think there's definitely something in that. Um, Greg Taylor for me has done well for Celtic. Um, scored a goal against Rangers in a cup semi final last year. He puts his heart and soul into it. Um, I think he'll have taken a great positive from the fact that Ange Postacoglu has picked him ahead of Alexandro Bernabe at the start of the season. But he will know that Alexandro Bernabe has come over from Argentina for a reasonable sum of money on a long-term contract with a view to taking his shirt. And Greg Taylor will know that he'll have to maintain the level that he showed yesterday. And I thought he was excellent. One of Celtic's best players yesterday. First caller on the phone in last night on the show, Gordon, said that. He is playing very well. And it's maybe, you know, he maybe just needed that little push of someone competing for his shirt just to take him to the next level. How does that work, do you think, Marvin? You know, when Roger outlines... Where Burnaby's come from, the money, the length of contract, you would be forgiven for thinking that that's got all the makings of someone who's been signed to to play in the first team. But does Ange Postacoglu then, you know, show loyalty in the sense that he only gets in the first team when he starts out? Outperforming Greg Taylor is that is that the way this is going to play out? Yeah, that's the way it has to be. You know, there's no loyalty in football. Whoever's performing the best, especially as the manager, you pick the best players. Now, that's just the way it is. And you know, as Greg Taylor either looks at it and thinks, right, I don't want the challenge, or he does what he did yesterday. For me, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, I saw him take up some positions in the pitch, kind of inside rather than being kind of down the left flank as a left back. He took some positions inside on the pitch, almost like a holding midfielder or you know a number eight, turn on the ball, playing forward when he possibly could. I thought it was absolutely excellent yesterday and I agree with Frank you know if it wasn't for the Jota goal I think Greg Taylor would have been man of the match and you know long may it continue competition's healthy um, Frank I suppose it's job done first week of the season three points clean sheet all the rest of it do you understand Ange Postacoglu's accusations that Celtic were perhaps a bit wasteful yesterday? 
Absolutely, I think um, I said earlier on the 15 minute spell where Aberdeen did come in, it was probably in the back of us being a bit sloppy in front of goal um, big, um, Double G came off the bench and missed a couple of chances that he probably scores last season it's the first game. Aberdeen are going to be a trickier team this season, in my opinion. So it's a good one to get out the road. Um, and it's another 90 minutes. I think next Saturday will be tough up at uh, Dingwall. I was very impressed watching Ross County first half against Hearts. I, I mean, they should have been probably two goals up. So that, that could be a tricky game. Um, but I, I just look at that bench yesterday as well, guys. There was people not even sitting in that bench. That bench was rock solid. I think most of the players get into nearly every team in the SPL starting 11. Um, so, I, yeah, I cast your mind back 12 months ago. I was sitting here hopeful that we might put up a challenge. It's still going to be a big challenge this season, no doubt. But Celtic are in a very, very strong position. Uh, and that's all down to um, the the magician from uh, down, uh, down in Australia. Thank you very much. That was Frank, the caller from down in Kilmarnock, 01419511025. Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. I mean, Twitter is a, it's a weird place, isn't it? Let's be honest. I can see Marvin Bartley getting stick from Celtic fans for not mentioning that Livingston had a goal chopped off at the weekend, even though you did. You did oh, mention it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what happens though, isn't it? I'm getting used length. to it though. I'm, I'm now used to it. Is that selective hearing? Or it might, like, you've got to give benefit of the doubt. Could have nipped to put the kettle on and missed it. Yeah. But I mean, probably not. It's yeah. probably selective hearing, yeah, isn't it? selective hearing. I'll but that's, that. that's the way it works. 01419511025. Got a full-time teaser for you. Uh, what about you Motherwell fans? What's happening? Sack the manager the night before the league campaign kicks off. Was that the right call? I think most of you seem to think so. What next? Can someone who's never managed before like Stephen Hamill win his way towards this job if he keeps going like he did yesterday? If not, what names have you got for us? 0141-951-1025. We'll speak to you next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's that time of the night when you send a question in and Marvin Bartley struggles with the answer Whilst Roger Hanna gets them all right, that's kind of the way it pans out here. But if you do like the sound of it, analysis that man. Yeah, I'm going to shock him now. Harsh but fair. If you do like the sound of it and you want to send a question and hear your name mentioned in connection with that question in the future, it's a pretty simple process. Just send me an email fulltime at clyde1.com. I'll do my best to pick it up and use it on the show, like we've done for Ross Monroe tonight. Now I think this is quite easy So I'm going to urge Roger to just sit back And watch Marvin And then help out where need be Right? Can you name the last 11 men To captain their country At a World Cup or Euros And have played for either Old Firm team So the last 11 men who've captained their country At a World Cup or Euros And at some point have played For an Old Firm team Do not look at me like that Marvin Bartlett I've got no idea You must have some no, I don't. Oh, great, this is going to be good. Uh, Roger Hanna, you might be asked to step up to the plate a bit earlier uh, than anticipated, I must admit. Nothing at all, Marvin? Nope. No players that have played with Celtic or Rangers that stand out as having you know, maybe loads of international caps or a fairly good international career? I've drawn a blank, I'm I'll, not going to I'll give you a clue. You shook one of them by the hand on Saturday. Oh, Unless you? he stormed down Damn the tunnel. Us. That one? Yeah. Yes. That was easy. This is easy, this game. Go on, Roger, you'll go. Did you invite him into the office for a, a glass of red or a, no, a beer after the game? No, that doesn't happen anymore. Does it not? Is no, that a COVID thing? I think thing it or? must be a COVID oh, thing, yeah. But it's still kind of, it's still out there, isn't it? 
and I don't hear much about it anymore but it's still out there yeah it doesn't really happen uh, happen with Marangos oh, there goes that story then I thought we were getting some good insight <laughs> what's the best in in fact you've only been an assistant manager since Covid started yeah sorry. Oh, you've got no stories in that regard right Nothing. we'll move on come back to us next year and let us know <laughs> let us know who brings the expensive wine um, any more on that teaser <sighs> give him another clue um, wait oh, is Joe Hart one did he captain England Nah no? Not a World Cup or Euros, no We're getting closer Are we going back to Scotland? France 98? Uh, no The last 11 So it, Since then Yeah, it doesn't quite go back that far And it, uh, they have to have played for the old firm I know Giovanni Van Bronckhorst played and managed mm-hmm. we're, not just, we're not talking guys who have managed No, no, played Played, so it's not Steven Gerrard or something like that nope. That was the point I was getting to Nope, nope, nope How about Carlos Bocanegra? Yes Captain the US of A in 2010 Maybe someone who's still at one of those clubs Want to come up with the answers That's a good one I was going to see if Marvin looked along Davis Yes, Stephen Davis, Euro 2016 Alright, we'll leave it there then You can try your best if you want to come up with the answers And if you want to send a question full time At Clyde1.com Motherwell fans or any interested observers What do you make? Of this Stevie Hamill says He'll have talks With the Motherwell directors This week About what their Managerial plan is Going forward He says he feels Very comfortable In management roles Due to his work In the academy Huge win It was needed A disappointing week Before this With the performances The results You know The manager leaving But you know The message of the last two games The last two days Sorry was We're coming here to win That was the plan Everybody was aware of that You know At times you know, we had to defend, especially down to 10 men, but, you know, we came here to win and we did. The chairman spoke to me after the game and we're going to have a little chat next week at some point, him and myself, Alan Burroughs and the chairman, and we'll see what the best is, you know, as you say, about the fans and the togetherness that we had and the relationship that I've got with them, you know, whatever they, they deem is the best thing for the football club, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get after that. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm on the pitch every day, you know, it's part of, you know, I've got a, a, a large number of staff that work under me, so it's... It's not foreign to me. It's not something that's I've not been doing for the last four or five years. I've been doing, you know, I've got, I, I don't know how many staff, 50 staff in the academy, 150 players that work under me. So it's no, it's no responsibility that's, that's foreign to me at all. Didn't hear the question there, Roger, so the context maybe, but was that last bit a little bit of a, an addition for, for, for Stevie Hamill or just, you know, sort of outlining the... The, the credentials that he may have Well the, the key quote from Stevie Hamill over the weekend Was that he's been asked for talks With Alan Burrows, the Motherwell Chief Executive And Jim McMahon, the Motherwell Chairman During this week to Assess where the club's going In the football department Now if Stephen Hamill wasn't In the frame for some type of Involvement going forward then he wouldn't have been invited To these talks, I'm not going to say Stephen Hamill will be the next manager of Motherwell But I think Stephen Hamill will probably have a role Somewhere in that management setup, the way the likes of Keith Lasley and James McFadden have in the past, and I touched on it in the show yesterday. You know, m- momentum in football is a great thing. Look at the way Stephen Hamill was greeted by the Motherwell fans after that win in Paisley yesterday. They've got St Johnson at home on Saturday afternoon. If Motherwell win that game in front of their own fans with Stephen Hamill as manager, then there's going to get even more momentum mm. and you, you've seen it happen in the past we're, we're talking all fair quite often when there's a managerial vacancy Gordon there's an obvious candidate when Tom Court's left in D United Jack Ross was available Jack Ross was the obvious candidate Jack Ross took the job this time at Motherland maybe it's just because 
the time of year it is when you know the eve of the season Graham Alexander left to me there are no obvious candidates for the job you know Alan Burroughs Jim McMahon and Oliver Board will be looking at a blank sheet of paper they'll be considering the applicants they'll be considering people they've maybe considered in the past you know they might look at previous interview lists if you like but I think they'll also look at Stevie Hamill and look at the job he's doing this week look at the job he's currently doing behind the scenes and wonder if he could be the next manager of the club Now he may well have a left foot That you could only dream of Marvin <laughs> Bartley Stevie Hamill But does he have the credentials To be the next Motherwell manager That would be the more Pressing question right now Yeah why not You know as he said there You know it's not something That's foreign to him He's been doing it uh, Although it would be At a youth team level um, Obviously he wants to be a manager He's qualified to To have that chance as well And you know as Roger said there If he can pick up a couple of results along the way it strengthens his kind of application for the job um, I'm sure you know the club one day saw him as being a manager was it now possibly not but as I said if he does well in these in these couple of games that he does get then then why not does Roger, Roger on to something there about the absence of an obvious candidate does that does that change anything I'm thinking of Motherwell's recent appointments they've not been shy at going you know down the road and getting a Graham Alexander or well Stephen Robinson was part of an existing coaching staff but Ian Barraclough was you know the the initial managerial appointment there they're not shy to, to go down and, and cast a net fairly wide what do you think of this one? Yeah I, I think it's also a difficult one when you bring a manager straight um, up the road from, from being down in England um, you know if they don't really know the league I'm not saying that Graham Alexander knew it or he didn't know it you know obviously you know he's got ties up here um, etc but to bring in a, a manager from England they have to know the league I think far too often managers come up to Scottish game they don't respect it you know, they have an influx of English players who come up who don't respect the league also and then they fall flat on their face so you have to be very very careful in who you do select um, you know this time of the season Roger also said there's not a lot of people out there that you think right straight away you know he'll be perfect for the job um, so all these things could play into Stevie Hamill's uh, kind of hands and you know hopefully he gets the opportunity you know if he's deserving of it we should We've got a Motherwell fan in the room here, Marvin. What, what do the Motherwell fans think? Is there a candidate, Gordon, that the Motherwell fans are sort of rallying behind? You know, you'll probably read Motherwell message yeah. boards and see the social media of Motherwell fans. Do they want Stephen Hamill? Do they want James McFadden? Is there, is there someone out there? who is ahead of the rest in the, in the pecking order. The name that just seems to be plucked pro- possibly out of nowhere that people are excited about on Twitter is Duncan Ferguson. Yeah. I don't know if it's based on anything. We even had calls on that earlier this week, didn't yeah. we? Um, other than that he's available. And yeah, it would be a quite an interesting appointment. I think everyone would agree. You're not going to hear a bad word said about Stephen Hamill amongst Motherwell fans, that's for sure. Um, so I don't think any would be completely outraged at, at that suggestion. But... Um, other than that, not really. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. You know, it's just, it's just an unusual situation. Normally, yeah. you know, if if it's the Aberdeen job, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Aberdeen fans are saying we want this guy, that guy, and then you know, it, it doesn't appear to be that. I wonder if yeah. that might play into Stevie Hamill's hands. I think as well, clubs, you know, of a of a certain size that are in a similar market, do you need that bit of luck? Do you need someone to be available? I'm, I'm thinking of say Kilmarnock for instance needed yeah. a manager and yeah. Derek McInnes was available yeah. so you have to assume um, unless I'm missing something if Derek McInnes was available right now that there would be that, a good chance that yeah, the mother or, would ask that yeah, question or, so you need or Jack to Ross be, yeah, yeah absolutely so, so you need certain things to be sort of in your favour uh, on that 
regard in terms of who's out there or is that is that us being a bit insular is that us only thinking about people who've been here and, and worked here recently because I'm sure there are loads of managers that are available I think there are loads of managers that are available down south um, Motherwell have tried this Graham Alexander's obviously the case in point just now but I can think you know very few people knew Ian Barraclough when he came to Motherwell very few people knew Jim Gannon when he came to Motherwell I'm thinking before that you look at an overseas candidate Neither of no, them worked particularly well I mean it, Ian Barraclough kept them in the it, league in exactly. the playoffs Harry Campman anyone? You know from, from an overseas yeah, perspective So you know d- d- that has put Motherwell off going the overseas route more or less since then and you wonder just because of the recency thing will they go back down to the lower leagues in England and take a gamble again or will they look at someone up here who as Marvin says knows the Scottish game knows the Scottish players knows the opposing Mm. Scottish team and may be able to give you know hit hit the ground running so to speak do we have any Roger I'm trying to think uh, do we have any of our pundits or maybe you know in a sort of an assistant managerial capacity right now that might be looking to cut their teeth in management might throw a you know, a CV in there and just see how it goes. I mean, Hugh, no, I don't think, I don't think Evans would. No, no, would go not, for it not any so other. Sure, Fraser, definitely no. not. DL no. and Wilson, the Airdrie dream. They couldn't. They've burned their bridges because oh, they were at Airdrie. They couldn't go across so that line. The divide, could they? Um, bit early for Halliday. <laughs> <laughs> don't fancy it, no. I'm very happy working here, Gordon. You can still work here Are you joking If you get the mother job We'll have you on Five oh, nights a week Oh maybe I'll apply does, then does, does that mean You're hanging off For the Hibs job oh, no, comment. Oh, no comment Let's move on Very quickly oh, I'll tell you what We've put them in Some sticky spots tonight I'm enjoying it uh, I must say uh, What about St Mirren fans Because there was a game Yesterday that you lost But didn't react Too negatively to Which isn't often the case In Scottish football Um Let's start with the Stephen. Let's start with the the common denominator, if you like. Stephen Robinson talking about the Motherwell suggestion. Yes, believe it or not, newspapers carried the story. I think Friday night, Saturday morning, that Stephen Robinson was set for a a potential return to Motherwell as manager. He certainly publicly is not having it at all. Yeah, it's not true in any shape or form. I, I mean, I, I find it incredible in the modern society that people can put things in writing and and it be believed with no repercussions. It unsettles everybody. Um, at St Mirren totally committed to St Mirren and listen this club's not been in the top six for is it 26 years and I'm totally committed to working our socks off to try and change that it's a tough job it's a tough challenge but certainly my focus is on nowhere else but here ah, there we are that's, that sounds pretty emphatic to me I mean he's on his phone over there I don't know if Alan Burrows is texting him or something but um, <laughs> that sounded emphatic from Stephen Robinson didn't it? yeah I think it sounded emphatic we need to remember he's not that long into what he described as the project at St Marin. Um he's had a summer reshaping the side um, it looks like a Motherwell of yesteryear so there's maybe no point in getting back to the current Motherwell because he's got all that Motherwell squad with him now in Paisley um, by all accounts they were very unfortunate against your Motherwell side yesterday Gordon an inspired performance by Liam Kelly who we mentioned at the top of the show your performer of the week my performer no of the week no less um, so there were, there were St Marin fans on social media to the show after the game just saying they weren't too despondent because you know they, they'd seen with their own eyes that St Mirren did everything but score did everything but win the game and they seemed quite content why you know the way they've started the season so it's a big season for Stephen Robinson 
and all of those former Motherwell players to go to Aberdeen on Saturday which as Marv said when you look at Aberdeen's performance at Parkhead yesterday that won't be easy but he's already talking top six uh, let's hear on the game Stephen Robinson says he can't remember the last time he saw a goalkeeping display as good as Liam Kelly's not enough to want to go and work with him at Motherwell we should say uh, but he does think there were plenty positives for St Mirren despite the defeat we've created so many chances we've met a goalkeeper in absolutely inspired for him you know I have to say it's a long time since I've seen a goalkeeper's performance of that calibre but from my point of view and our players I can't ask a whole lot more you know as a manager it's hard to go find a fault with that performance if we're being highly critical of ourselves we should have hit the target with more of them you know we had opportunities where we didn't test Liam Kelly I'm not sure we would have scored anyway with the form that he was in but like going forward that's the best performance I've seen from the squad I think all the new players were very, very good. Ran straight and Keanu Bacchus, they've got a heck of a chance of going to the World Cup if they play with that kind of energy and quality. Um, Jonah Ayunga, there's there's a lot of positives and it's not often here that people stay and give you a stand ovation after the game. So anywhere, at any football ground because everyone's dictated to by results. But I think they've seen the effort, the quality, the chances created and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Funny business this. A lot of negativity around St Mirren during the summer. League Cup didn't go to plan. Uh, fans are not happy They then lose the opening day game to a team in disarray But the fans applaud the team off at the end It's a strange game, Scottish football, you know um, I, I said in the show yesterday That only goes so far um, Yes, they were unfortunate yesterday But if, if there's another hard luck story And they lose 1-0 to Aberdeen at Petaudry on Saturday And they're suddenly nil for two Off the back again out the League Cup with defeats to Arbroath and Airdrie um, so you know positive performances green shoots of hope they only take you so far Gordon you need goals and you need points in this league otherwise those standing ovations soon become people standing up bellowing at you yeah no I, I totally agree and I actually watched the game as well yesterday you know I had an eye on that before the Celtic game came on and said Miriam were very very good you know and as a manager there's a, probably a right way to, to lose a game and that was probably it you know, that's why they got the standing ovation because a little bit more composure and you know they scored two or three goals you know as I said it was he said Liam Kelly was unbelievable yesterday I think the the header from Curtis Main when he saves that pushes it over the bar takes it out of the danger area was an unbelievable save but St Mirren will have a lot of positives to take from that game but as Rogers also said in the next two or three games you need to pick up a win because mm. otherwise it's pointless yeah beauty of this show you don't have to phone you can get in touch on Twitter at Clyde SSB or even Instagram or whatever you fancy uh, sending a message Davey says that Paul Lambert is the man for that job for Park could he be tempted to come back you know something that's not, that, first club that's actually uh, not a bad um, Pedge says Stevie Hamill deserves a crack at it club legend knows the club inside out got all his badges done his time in the youths give him a go uh, got some messages here as well Brian says I'm a Rangers fan but I'm listening and the man you need is Dick Campbell of our broth mate can you see it Fuck you, Julia, for that. I can see it. Can you see it, Gordon, as a Motherwell fan? No. Despite the fact that he did an incredible yeah. job last season and clearly is very good at organising teams and getting results. But no, I don't know what... There's, I don't know. Is it the bonnet? Well, I don't know. I think gentlemen of North Lanarkshire probably quite like that. Yeah. That sort of style if you're of a certain vintage. Yeah. Well, can you see it? Come on. Could I see it? Mm, I'm not too sure I can. I tend to agree with you, but I don't see why we can't see it because he's done a terrific job wherever he's been. Um, so why are, why can't we see it? Have we been ages then? Is that what you're saying? Yes, we are. And that's not right. That's not fair. And by the way, we shouldn't be because Motherwell brought back Craig Brown, if you remember, as manager. 
and Craig, I would imagine, would have been when he took over much round about the same age as Dick Campbell is just now. And Gordon Cleland says, Mark McGee, come on, Gordon, behave <laughs> yourself. Come on. <laughs> the good thing is you don't need the heating on at this time of year anyway. It's tropical. Not in here you don't. <laughs> I can say that again. It's tropical in Motherwell, let me tell you. Have you got any more on Ross Monroe's teaser, the last 11 men to captain their country at a World Cup or Euros? And play for either of the old firm. You've got Giovanni van Bronckhurst, you've got Stephen Davis, and Carlos Bocanegra. I've got Bruno Alves. Was he on? Um, no, apparently. Not according to Ross. What about Roy Keane? No. Craig Moore? What about his namesake? Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. 2012. Really? Yeah. Craig Moore, no. Henningberg. Do you know what you're going to be raging at this one because he did do it but he's just not quite in the last 11 I think he's like 12th or 13th actually uh, Frank De Boer again same I think he was Euro 2000 I think oh wow so when when I say the last it's in in order of he got got a mention from Hugh Keevans yesterday got a mention from me tonight Henrik Larsson no but should maybe stick on that country for a bit Johan Mialbe and oh a couple so Mialbe's correct yeah Mm -hmm. Freddie Lundberg Yes Right we'll get the rest Of the <laughs> <laughs> Not from me you won't. <laughs> no, we won't You can just cut the road If you want actually See you next week uh, Before we do move on Let me run this past you though I've been telling you All about it last week Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Team of the Week With Clyde Build Home Improvements This was a fairly easy one Which pundit Were we going to choose To select our first Clyde One Super Scoreboard Team of the Week It had to be Hugh Evans. So you stepped up to the plate You can go to At Clyde SSB on Twitter See his team Argue about it in the comments Tell him how clueless he is We all know that's how This is going to play out right This is going to happen every Monday And it's all thanks to Clyde Built Home Improvements For giving you the chance To win a current or retro Football kit of your choice If you go to Clyde1.com We'll speak to you after these Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We are in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Marvin Bartley are here They're trying their best to get the answers to Ross Monroe's question Which is the last 11 men to captain their country at a World Cup or Euros And have played for an old firm team You've got Johan Mialbe, Fede Junberg, Carlos Bocanegra, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Robbie Keane and Steve Davis what about the man that was in the telly after the Stylian Petrov? Yes, Stylian Petrov, Bulgaria, 2004. Uh, I know we've got one American in Bocanegra, Claudio Reyna. Mm, no, again, just before. I think uh, maybe... Arthur Burke? No, now there is someone from his country. Is it a striker? Ah, uh, Thomas... No. No. You were doing well up to that point. A Polish striker? Oh, Magic Zerowski Yes, yeah, really? apparently so Oh, we'd never have got 2008, that. okay we'll That's alright, I'll assist you there, Roger Yeah, I like that, that was what good about, uh, What about Big Marv Trinidad and Tobago win? Marvin Andrews won? No, no he is not right We've got a couple to get We are on Twitter We're going to speak to Craig on the phone uh, On Twitter, we've got one from Moan the Jags 1971 
you're a bit of a rough idea uh, who that team is uh, what about a mention for the Fur Hill Jags what a result up in Dundee Ian McCall's red and yellow army yes my pal David Wynn was at the game with his boys he was telling me all about it this morning uh, I think it was a bit of a nervy finale Dundee get one back then Dundee get two back and then I think the Jags were hanging on a little bit at the end but it was a sort of makeshift back four I think Jack McMillan who you would yeah, play with last season Jack. he was in at centre half alongside Kevin Holt young Kyle Turner uh, played right back it really was a makeshift back four for Ian McCall's side and if you can go away from home on the first day of the season to the team who have just been relegated the team who are the bookies favourites to come straight back up and you can win 3-2 says a lot about you there was a lot to like about that game it all started when the tickets said Patrick <laughs> Thistle yeah there was of course the beef if we can use that word about the whole SPFL voting yeah. spam folder thing come on let's not go over uh, old ground um, and then of course Thistle got there and win did well, you see the in guy fact, in fact let's go over old ground because Brian Graham went over he did, yeah. After the game and spoke about it and said he will never forgive or forget. Um, he is a married man with a young family. Patrick Thistle's relegation involved a reduction in his salary. It hit him in the pocket. He still feels to this day really aggrieved at the decision, at the missing email. And he was absolutely delighted that he could go back up to Dens Park and get three points and a win bonus. Um, I liked the video. Did you see the fan in the crowd using his trainer as a whistle no I mean I can't add any more that, that, that was can you it show us yeah I can probably I don't know if it like if this was built into the shoe I haven't even figured this out but he had his shoe off raised to his mouth and it was making a whistling noise <laughs> I don't know search for it on Twitter right <laughs> so his, tra- his trainers were whistling yeah that's funny because Daz's were humming yesterday it's <laughs> <laughs> very true uh, slightly different reason behind that but you, you can find it on Twitter I told you Scottish football was the best place on earth let's bring Wonder. in Craig who's a Rangers fan uh, what are you thinking either looking back to the weekend Craig or maybe looking forward to tomorrow how are we doing Jeds? Um yeah well listen first and foremost I think the weekend it's just about getting three points in that opening day. You know, look, I think if you ask any Rangers fan, if you know, if you would have handpicked a game to start the season with, it probably wouldn't have been away to Livingston, um, which is to be fair, we all do credit and respect to, to Marvin his and his team. Um but I do think that we were slow out the gates. Um but we grew into the match, um, and we certainly dominated the play, but again it's about make the quality that we're because as we said this towards the end of last season there were you know or throughout last season there was games where we'd play really well we'd dominate the ball the cross is coming into the box but the quality's not quite there but when you get it right you know Cholak's goal which was offside or was called offside proved that if you can get balls into him he'll put it in the back of the net our field as well um, you know and obviously Tavernier's got that quality so it's you know what's the positives to be taken from it and I think you know guys were discussing earlier about the the decisions, you know, look at, I'm not going to have much of a grumble about the offside goal because I think until VR comes in, there's not really anything you can do about it. Um, it's, it is what it is. And I do think Cancar was lucky to to stay on the part, but that's something that, unfortunately, you know, VR isn't going to really resolve either. And I think people just need to sort of, you know, yep, shake your head, be disappointed, think, yeah, it was the wrong decision, but you get on with it. You know, at the end of the day, it didn't cost us the match. And we got, I think, what was a deserved win because with greatest respect to David Martindale, I wasn't really in agreement with him when he said he thought 
having had 17% possession, they thought they deserved something from the game. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, Marvin, how. You're obviously, I think it's it's just human nature to look at the positives of of your own team. Was Ranger dominance in the second half such that, you know, you can't grudge them the win? Or do you look at one or two moments that got away from you as, as a Livingston team? Yeah, I think we, first and foremost, from our point of view, look at the couple of moments that got away from us. Um, you know, we always knew that Rangers were going to come and dominate the ball. You know, that was part of the game plan. You know, one thing in football is, is having possession, but we were comfortable where they had the possession. You know, we were comfortable with crosses coming into the box, obviously, until Scott Arfield came on and scored that header. But we felt we could have dealt with that. So, you know, that was always part of the game plan. We were never going to press Rangers high. Would you, you know, same against Celtic. We, we sit in, we try and be compact, we try and make it very, very difficult. You know, I touched on it earlier when it comes to giving credit to Rangers and Gio and his coaching staff is that the tweet that they made. And people might have seen it as just a sub, but it was a lot more than that. You know, if they watch the game back, they'll see the different areas, as I said earlier that Lawrence was picking up that allowed Tavernier to get forward and you know start to kind of pick our defence apart yes he scored a fantastic free kick yes Ryan Kent also when he cut back and you know crossed the ball for Scott Arfield who made a late run into the box all these things you know massive credit to, to the management team of Rangers because I felt up until that point yes they had a lot of possession yes we were, we were under pressure um, but it was expected and I felt we were dealing with it and you know until there's two bits of quality how important is tomorrow night Craig? It's vital, absolutely vital, because, uh, you know, I've said this before, I think, and I don't know if the, the guys would agree, I think whether or not Rangers qualify for the Champions League is going to have a huge bearing on where the league title ends up going, because I think if if we are having to constantly play catch-up by, by playing the Thursday-Sundays in the Europa League while Celtic are playing Wednesday-Saturday, now it's not to say Celtic are going to win every single game of the season, they will drop points. But it's just that if we're having to constantly play catch-up with them, you know, they're winning on the Saturday, they're getting points on the Saturday, and we're having to match or better their results, you know, on the Sunday, at least up until, um, you know, one or both end up out of the competitions, I think that can be really tough. Now, we've got squad depth, but again, I think mentally that's got to be taxing on a player to constantly play catch-up for so long. So, yeah, I think it's, it's huge in, in terms of... The, the, the season going forward really This is Marvin Bartley's favourite theory he, is, You've even gone as far as to tip Celtic to win the league But you would potentially change your mind If Rangers made the Champions League You think the scheduling is that important? Correct, for all the reasons that Craig just said there Forget about the finances that come with being in the Champions League um, The Thursday to Sunday is very, very difficult You know, As Craig said, they'll be playing catch-up constantly Also, if one of the games between Celtic and Rangers Is to fall after Rangers playing on a Thursday And Celtic playing on a Tuesday it's advantage Celtic all day long and I think you know the league title will be that close and that tight these small margins will be making a difference anyway did you hear speaking of predictions Roger tipped Livy to go down oh no I didn't do that I tipped Livy to finish 7th don't you (laughs) Gordon I think it's just because he's scared of you thank you to Craig Uh, right quickly on the teaser then a couple more of the last 11 men to captain their country at a World Cup or Euros and play for the old firm Petrov, Mialbe, Zoravsky, Junberg, Bocanegra, Van Bronckhorst, Robbie Keane, Steve Davis. Right, I'm now going round the world like Gordon Dale yeah, and you should the do. pundit. Shinsuke Nakamura? Um, no, you're now in the right yeah, Zeng- corner of the world. Zeng Z? No. Yes. I think he was in South Korea. Oh, um. Key. Yes, Key Sung Young. Ah. Uh, 2014, I think he was in. I got my World Cups mixed up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Algeria, Rangers player. Yeah, big boogie. Yep. Big we're going to go all the way back to 
Australia in 2006 Ooh. So it's not Craig Moore Because you shouted nope. him earlier yeah. quick, quick, Therefore quick. it must be Kevin Musk Nope Striker Viduka hey. Yes Oh wow Mark Viduka Thank you Marvin and well Roger done, Callum Gallagher is up next Stay tuned for that And Gordon Deal and Mark Wilson Back tomorrow